All right. Welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. Jeff here. Brad, what's up, dude? What is up, man? How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. How are uh, How are you today? I'm doing well. Just another easy day at work. Got home, been kicking it with Casey, and now getting ready to do a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, podcast is, uh, podcast is all I pretty much had going on today. I've been thinking about um, what I wanted to talk about, and I'm going to start off with this. All right. Um, and I'm going to take a slight amount of credit. And if somebody has spoke about this till this point, I want you to at some point bring it up. But I haven't heard a single person talk about this. And I was like doing a lot of thinking and um, I'm just going to go right into it. So the Miami Dolphins had Dan Marino for a long time um, and still, you could argue, have not been able to replace him. OK, um, John Elway was with the Broncos for a very long time. And outside of them signing Peyton Manning for a cup of coffee, have not been able to replace him. Okay. Uh, the 49ers had a really weird situation where they had the backup Steve Young. He came in, replaced Joe Montana. Things were great, right? But haven't been able to replace Steve Young, arguably, without Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, the Packers fell into a really lucky situation where they've kind of had Brett Favre, and then they went right into Aaron Rodgers. They've literally been fantastic for, what, almost 30 years, right? Which brings me to my, my conversation, my topic of the of the uh, of the pod that we're going to start off with. So, Bill Belichick, people have said, made the decision to move on from Tom Brady um, when he had Jimmy Garoppolo. Obviously, we know that there's a lot of rumor, hearsay, whatever, that Robert Kraft stepped in and basically said, "Yeah, you're not trading Tom Brady. That's not going to happen." Had Tom Brady not come back from twenty-eight to three, maybe we have a different conversation. But he did. The rest is history. Tom Brady stays, right? Well, then it gets to a point where they mutually agree, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, to basically sever ties. They created a contract that says, here's the money. It's all guaranteed, and we're going to sever ties. Um, we cannot franchise tag you. We can't do anything. We can't trade you. After the season, you're, you're a free agent for the first time in your career. I want to bring. I want to start here, Okay. First off, I don't like I kind of know where I'm going with this, but I want you to like help out, too. So like Bill Belichick legitimately did not under any circumstances have a quarterback plan and was willing to move on. From arguably, OK, I think he's the GOAT, but arguably the greatest quarterback of all time and definitely the greatest quarterback from 2000 on. We could all agree there, right? From 2000 on, he's been the most successful quarterback, greatest quarterback. And he didn't have a succession plan. What in what in your opinion does that say about Bill Belichick, the coach, Bill Belichick, the team leader? Because legitimately, I don't think this is talked about enough. The Dolphins legitimately have not been able to replace Dan Reno. The Broncos outside of cup of coffee Peyton Manning have not been able to replace Peyton Manning, but Bill Belichick was literally willing to move on, move on from Tom yeah. Brady without a succession plan. It's truly like the, I was like thinking about this at work and my, my mind is going, I'm like, why does nobody talk about this? Why is this not talked about? He literally went to Cam Newton. Well, who, I think it's simple. I, I actually think it's kind of simple. Yeah, whatever think, you got. I think, I'm like mind blown uh, by this. No, I get it, but I think that most most coaches, you know, we always talk about when a coach gets a new job, they're like, well, the coach is going to want to get his guy, right? So with the draft pick, they're taking a quarterback, this and that. 
Well, Bill Belichick, in his eyes, never needed a guy. Bill Belichick, I, I, I think, what I think is Bill Belichick, obviously you want a guy, and he's always going to try and figure out how to have the best quarterback available at the time. But in his mind, if the quarterback listens to him, the team will be fine. He doesn't need a quarterback. Now, Tom Brady became that, but didn't he groom Tom Brady into that player? Absolutely. So the the thing is, is Bill Belichick's like, with money and free agency, I can build a team to where if the quarterback is competent, we will be just fine. And that's the whole thing with, like, um, everyone starts off with saying max success, and the first thing they always say, we're not comparing him to Tom Brady. Well, that's easy because he's not. Could he be? Possibly, but they got a quarterback who's accurate, who's really smart, and will listen to everything the coaches say. Even if that's, hey, hand the ball off three times, there's tons of quarterbacks that would push back or maybe work in a game plan or call out of some of those plays. Mac did everything by the book. And Bill Belichick is the greatest defensive coach of all time. His special teams has always been top three or four in the NFL, it seems like, at all facets of the game. So when it comes to Bill Belichick, maybe, in fact, he's one of the few coaches where maybe the quarterback is not the most important position on his team. Now, again, when he, when he had Tom Brady, you know, you would say like he moved on from Drew Bledsoe right to Tom Brady. Tom Brady wasn't Tom Brady until a little bit later, you know, a couple years in. He groomed him. So I think him moving on without a definitive plan, he knew that he would be able to find a guy and fix them with Josh McDaniels and himself. And I think that's where it comes in. And a lot of times when you talk about organizations, a lot of times when you lose those big quarterbacks, the coach is soon to follow. They don't really have a chance to have some time to figure out who they want to go about. And then it's not just finding a new quarterback. It's restructuring everything on the team from top to bottom. And that's a tall task. So, I mean, Bill Belichick, yeah, Tom Brady's gone, but what did we say? When Cam Newton didn't turn the ball over, the team was really good. And what do we say about this Patriots team? They have a top three defense, top three special teams, and Max simply doesn't turn the ball over. He'll take whatever you give him, and the team is completely content with punting if they have to. So it is remarkable that Bill Belichick is doing this, but, like, I get your point. Plenty of teams have maybe moved on to a quarterback that's been – usable and been maybe even successful but they had a plan to do so the Packers knew Aaron Rodgers was in the wings they had that waiting the you know the uh the 49ers knew Steve Young was waiting in the wings you know so I I get what you're saying and for a minute Bill Belichick did the same thing I know I have Garoppolo and then it's possible in a weird weird change of events when he cut ties with Tom Brady, it could have also been, you know, I have eight rings in totality. I could just fucking retire if this doesn't work. Like, maybe it was just a middle finger to everyone. Like, you know what? And then Mac Jones falls into, like, Mac Jones falls because yeah. he didn't straight up. Mac Jones comes and he's like, you know what? I've had some time to reflect after a year. I've got a guy that can work. Instead of saying F you to the people in tier, if that was the thing, he could coach for the next 15, 20 years. He had all the options in front of him. And he was so, like, so um, accoladed that if things really didn't work after Tom Brady, he could just peace out. 
I mean, he he's what in his upper sixties. Is he 70 oh, he's in, yet? Yeah, I think he's 70. Okay, so, yeah, I, so. guess, I, I guess, like, the you, you've hit on a couple of points. I want to touch on them. So, like, I guess the thing that is just – because you touched on it, but you didn't exactly, like, nail it on the head. Like, so Aaron Rodgers, and this is why my, my brain started to turn. Aaron Rodgers, is if he stays with the Packers, great. But there's a chance he moves. What are the Packers going to receive? Multiple picks, right? Multiple picks. No matter what, if if Aaron Rodgers is on the move or Russell Wilson is on the move, there's going to be a lot of picks involved. A haul. Bill Belichick in 2018 lost Rob Gronkowski. In 2019, literally let Tom Brady walk. In 2020, Julian Edelman broken down. The three core pieces of his entire offense for a decade long were gone like that. And like you noted, you nailed it right in the head. He didn't trade up. He had no plan. None. He literally doubled down and was like, nah, I'll be all right. Now, mind you, Mac Jones fell to him. Do I think that was like his hopeful plan the whole time? Maybe. Because I think all of us would say, outside of Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones is the perfect fit in New England. Trevor Lawrence probably would have been a, a, a better fit just because he's more talented as far as arm talent, mobility, things of that such. But, like, Mac is literally the perfect fit. And and you can't say, well, Bill knew he was going to get Mac. I don't think he did. He went yeah. into 2020 with Cam freaking Newton, a running quarterback. It's not like he was building his offense around a passer. It's just the whole thing is honestly – nobody's I, talking about it. Nobody's bringing this up. Nobody's bringing it up, and maybe – Maybe it's kind of boring if I oversimplify this, but I, I really am. And I'm going to give you an answer I think you're going to want to hear, and other Patriots fans will. There's a reason why the Patriots were so unique and so dominant and all these other things. We had the best quarterback to ever play and the best coach to ever coach coexist for two decades. We got 10 Super Bowl visits out of it. Not 10? Was it 10? 10 he Super Bowl visits. He was 7. And, I'm sorry. No. They have so 9. Four, yeah, We're adding Tampa. Six, it's 9. 6 and 9. So you had six and three. a coach who's won two Super Bowl rings without Brady and a quarterback who's won a Super Bowl ring without his coach. But you have the greatest defensive, disciplinary, fundamental coach and one of the greatest surgeons at quarterback ever he had the body he had the arm but his mind is what makes him different everyone says well you know one of the biggest hits you hear when people critique brady is it's like well he dinks and dunks well wouldn't you like it if a four yard receiver was open on first and ten your quarterback threw that ball every single time it was open every single time you had second sticks you know you'd take those things so those people who critique the two's greatness it's kind of falling on deaf ears at this point because you do it for so long it can't be refuted but there is no script there it's hard to talk about because it's never been done before and it won't happen again like you just you say bill belichick well, i'm out okay you just, said it won't, you just said it won't ever happen again odds are odds are we'll see what happens but but what i'm saying is you're saying bill belichick didn't have a plan i don't think he did the greatest coach ever doesn't need one. Hand me 22 starters and I'll win you 10 games. Like that's his mindset. What, what's your plan at quarterback? 
well, when we get to training camp, we're going to have three quarterbacks on the roster, and I'm going to pick the one that listens to me because that's how we're going to win. It, it, am, I, am I crazy? Like, you've nailed on the head, too. It's like, I just don't feel like anybody's talking about it. It's it's yeah. not – it's the Belichick situation. Is it being covered enough? We've talked verbatim Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. But what Belichick did – was the ballsy one. Brady took a team that he's like, oh, perfect fit. All the receivers, great defense, good coach. Let's go, baby. Belichick didn't have a fucking plan. I don't think he did. And he's just like, all right, let's go. Well, maybe he did have a plan. His plan was, you know what? We're going to take Cam Newton, and I'm going to experiment with the personality quarterback, someone who's explosive on the ground, maybe washed up, and we're just going to run this thing and just let it run its course. And there was even whispers out of the building. No, you guys think it's a joke. Bill Belichick is literally scrapping this season. Like, those were reports. But it falls on deaf ears because you're like, no one does that. He's GM and coach. He's just going to experiment for a year. And then what did he do the first day of free agency? $150 million. I experimented without Brady. If we're going to be successful without the guy at quarterback, this is what we need to improve. And yeah. he did all that. And then guess what? Mac fell to him. It yeah. wasn't in the plans to get a quarterback, but he was sitting there, best player available for our system. And not only did he build a team to be successful without a quarterback that has the skills for his offense, they then got the quarterback with the skills for his offense. So he did. He went in with maybe a plan that, you know, we're going to tr- see what this is like without the guy at quarterback and try and groom a guy. And Mac fell to him, sure. But when you're the greatest ever at something, it's like, Maybe I don't need a plan. I'll just take the quarterback that listens to me and Josh, and if they don't turn the ball over, we're going to be in every single game. And that's how it's kind of played out for the Patriots. Because technically, we don't know what Mac is yet. Mac doesn't even know what Mac is yet. But he's listening to the coaches. He's making the easy reads, which is all they're asking to do. And the defense makes it hard. The special teams score points when they have to switch field position. And nobody ever wants to play the Patriots because, again, I think Nick Wright, nailed it on the head. He said, Bill Belichick is the only coach in NFL history that coaches each game as if his family's been kidnapped. And the only way to see them again is to win that game. Bill Belichick does not have an identity. And you know, they're going to run the ball. No, they could pass 38 times this game if they think your corners are bad. Well, they're going to have to mix in some pass. No, they're going to run it 45 times and pass it three times because you can't stop the run. Like he doesn't care how it looks, how people talk to him, it's on to Cincinnati. You know, everything kind of lines up when you look at everything. And in terms of having no plan, Bill's been consistent. I'll make a plan for each week. If we have to have a week where I don't even play a quarterback, we have a running back taking the snaps under center, I'll do it because that's what that team can't defend. So there is no plan for long term when you plan for each week individually. And I think Mac was a gift, sure, but I think Bill would have been successful either way. Yeah, I think you uh yeah, I think you wrapped it up. I mean, I'll say one other thing in closing just because I don't think you perfectly articulated something. When you said you they scrapped the season, I sort of halfway agree. By scrapping, I think Bill Belichick coached it like he was going to win, like you just said. Every single game he's going to win. But he knew this roster is not capable of winning 12 games. So I'm going to coach it. I'm going to coach it like we're going to win every game, but I know we're not. Yeah. And we'll take our pieces and we'll spend in the offseason to adjust where we need to. Exactly. 
I do not want scrapping to me misinterpreted as, oh, we're tanking, we'll lose games if we win, sure. No, he coached to win, but he coached in a different style than he had coached for the last 20 years. So he was yep. experimenting what works without Tom Brady. What pieces are we missing with an average quarterback? Because that's yeah. what we're going to have is an average quarterback. And he built a team. He went out and got pieces in the front seven, tight ends, special teamers, and he built a unit. But then he got Mac Jones, which he didn't anticipate having. So it's like cherry on top. So instead of being maybe seven and six right now, I think Mac Jones is worth two wins. What he's been able to do is pre-snap reads, his smart throws, some of his dimes that he's dropped. And you see him growing in confidence, too. And it's got to be nice for a quarterback when you know that you look over on the sideline, you got Bill and Josh there. That's that's seven points walking down the sideline with a clipboard in their hand. They're just that good of coaches. There it is. Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm a Patriot fan, but I was thinking about this and I was like, you know what? I don't like to just harp on the Patriots on the pod because obviously people think I'm being biased. But this is something that truly is in my head. And I'm like, I feel like we need to talk about this. And I wanted your opinion and you gave it to me. So I a lot it. of a lot of coaches, when they lose a great quarterback, don't know how to coach without one. Yeah. Bill does. He didn't rely on his on his all star quarterback, which he had the greatest but he didn't rely on him. Like a lot of those coaches tend to lean on their quarterback. Bill stood firm. He's like, you're just going to do what we say, and it's going to look great. Sure, Tom Brady grew into something more than that over time. But the same thing with Mac. Let's shift to this real quick. Do you think the Saints are doing what the Patriots did? Kind of like scrapping a season experiment and things like that. I would have said maybe. Until I saw the what they gave Taysom Hill on that contract and the amount of negative cap space. I think the Saints are a totally different situation. As to where the Patriots came out of a scrap year, if we're going to call it that, and spent $150 million, they're coming out of a scrap year and they're going to cut two pro bowlers and three, three more starters. Like, they just don't have the money, yeah. they don't have the funds, and they don't know where to put their money. And it's going to, I think it's going to get uglier before it looks better because the Buccaneers are going to run away with that division and the Falcons are going to be running out of time with Matt Ryan Cardinals or the Panthers or, you know, who knows what the Panthers are. So that division's starting to look really weak, but maybe it's Jameis. I mean, they were, they were like five and one with Jameis. So he messed up his knee. I mean, he was balling. So yeah. who knows? Don't want to sleep on Jay boo. All right. Well, that's uh, the opening discussion. We'll, uh, We'll get to some power rankings. How are you feeling about those? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I like my top six and uh, seven through ten. I think are teams that deserve to be there. So I actually, you know, I like my top ten. I can you like your top six mm -hmm. and seven through ten deserve to be there. I think. I think I fall right in line with there, and then I have four teams in the eleven spot that could inter literally interchangeable. I think at this point. Um, I always start, so let me start. Coming at number 10, this is this was probably like where I... I think we're going to have the same nine teams, and I think maybe this 10 spot might differ. Who knows? We'll see. But um, I decided to get it to the 49ers this week. Uh, a team that I think has gotten better over the last couple weeks. They did fall to the... They did fall to the Seahawks two weeks ago, but then they rebounded on the road and in, in, in beating a pretty good Bengals team, in my opinion. That's still fighting for a playoff spot. 
Really impressed with the Niners. I cannot freaking believe how good George Kittle has been post-injury. He's been unreal. Uh, the Niners still don't have a legitimate running back. They interchange him every week. It seems like they've just said, hey, all of our running backs decide they want to get hurt. Debo Samuel, you want to you want to? Oh, you do. You want to be the running back. OK, let's go. <laughs> and Jimmy G has been unreal. I have the I have the Niners at 10. Coming in at nine. Um, this team, I think, only goes higher from here. Uh, and they're just waiting out Derrick Henry. Julio Jones, I'm pretty sure is cooked. Uh, AJ Brown's hurt and beat up Derrick Henry. Once this team gets back, this team is back to where they need to be. Uh, Titans at nine, eight, uh, super impressed with the first three quarters of what the Cowboys did to the Washington football team. Um, super impressed with their defense. Uh, I thought they would win that game. They did. It was actually just like I said, it was a really close game that the Cowboys would end up winning. Um, it was actually not as close as it should have been, but it was Cowboys at eight. This team took a big jump this week. I don't even think they were on my top 10. If they were, they might have been at 10. The Chargers are playing great football over the last month. And Justin Herbert is literally the quarterback we were saying in the first three weeks. MVP-style quarterback, arguably one of the top three or four quarterbacks in the league. Um, and they're really getting it done. And they were without Keenan Allen this past week, and they still got it done. And they beat up the uh, Bengals two weeks ago. Six. This was the win everybody was looking for. The Rams finally get that big win with Matthew Stafford. Obviously, they beat Brady in week three, but that's still early in the season. People haven't really figured anything out. The Rams started to struggle, lost a couple in a row. Matthew Stafford don't pick sixes. They get that easy win in Jacksonville. We didn't really overreact. This is a big win. Going into Arizona and beating Arizona, that's big time. Um, Odell looks to fit in. I wish... My biggest regret is right after Odell was traded, um, me and you, I called you on the phone, or you called me on the phone, one of the two, and we talked for about 30-ish minutes about Odell. We both were on record to each other. This is going to work. Great fit, perfect fit, top three fit of anywhere he could have landed in the league, and we didn't record it as a pod. We just spoke on the phone. Wish we recorded it because we called this shit. Odell's working there. It looks great. Rams at six. Top five. Kansas City at five. I still don't I still don't love Kansas City like I think a lot of other teams do. Maybe I'm the the Raiders don't count as a legitimate win. I'm sorry. Just because you can blow out the Raiders, I'm just not there yet. Um Kansas City's defense looks great. Their offense is still just kind of like eh. I mean, they literally started the game off with a defensive touchdown, first play of the game. So it's like Kansas City's defense is really good and arguably top two, three, maybe even one in the league. Um it's definitely a team that can get it going. They just haven't fully got it going. But I'm not the, I'm not here to critique ugly and, and pretty wins. So Kansas City at five. I, I can't destroy this team. I had them at number one last week. I have Arizona at four. They finally lost a game um, in which they arguably should have won. They were at home to the Rams, but um, things aren't perfect. DeAndre Hopkins is back to being hurt. I have, the, I have Arizona at four. I still think they're better than the Rams at full health. I would take them over the Rams at full health, uh, but Rams were missing a lot of pieces. They outplayed them. You could argue these two teams are switched, but I still have Arizona at four. Uh, Packers at three. Packers, I thought they were dead to rights to the to the Bears. It's funny because you told me the Bears were going to get blown out, and I was like, you don't think it'll be somewhat close? I think it'll be some close. Weird stuff, some weird the, stuff going on. The Bears were giving them the business, and then Aaron Rodgers was like, all right, enough. I own you guys. 
<laughs> that just like seventeen or something. Just takes them over. Um. Coming in at number two, I didn't move them, this team up or down with the bye. I still think this is a top two or three team in the league. Um, I got New England at two. Um, I think they're going to take care of the Colts this, this week and, and extend the longest win streak in the league. This team does everything that they need to do. We just kind of talked about it for 15 minutes, so I won't go in any further. I think we touched a lot of things, but New England is the most dangerous team in the league right now that nobody's considering a threat. I will say that nobody considers this team a legit threat and they're that they're the most dangerous team because if you have to go to new England, boy, oh boy, the weather's not going to be fun. You're going to get out coached. They're not going to turn the ball over. They're going to run the ball. It's, it's a terrible situation for a road playoff team. Number one, this is a power ranking. So obviously you're going to move teams around. This team has always been my NFC representation for the super bowl. I, I never counted them out. I think they've, I've had them as low as maybe four in the power rankings. This team, I'll tell you what, dude. They get up big. They go down. They go in overtime. Then they drive it, and they win the game. They beat the Colts on the road. Dude, Tampa is the toughest out. Every time we think they have a weakness, it's like, what weakness? I mean, truthfully, they're the number one team in the league. They have been before the season. They've had their dips. They've had their valleys, as is every team. Um, I think Tampa's the best team in the league. Yeah, um, so our top six were the same, not in order, but the same teams. Okay. Um, like we, like we kind of thought, and um, our top seven or our seven through ten do have one difference. It's not at the top. I, I had a feeling that you put a team in that I did not. Real but, quick, I, my eleven, I have a four-way tie. It could have been anybody: Ravens, Browns, Colts, Bills. Go ahead. All right. Yep. So there are some teams that are off the list that still have a chance to make it on there. Um, I kind of felt like I just being honest and I took a method that you took, you know, what I think the team, certain teams, when I was close, I gave them the advantage saying, I think if they played today, this team would win. I'm going to rank them higher. So with, um, with number 10, I put the chargers on the list for a lot of reasons. You just said they've been playing really good football. Uh, Justin Herbert's been playing really, really well. That throw to, to Guyton was one My of the goodness. best throws I've ever seen, like 67 yards in the air. Um, the defense, the big names on, excuse me, the big names on defense are starting to play like the big names on defense, which is uh, it's very exciting. Uh, number nine, I'm going to put the Indianapolis Colts coming off of a bye week. Again, this is my team. I've been really high on them. Uh, really close game to the Buccaneers. Um, and yes, I, I do think they're going to win this Saturday. Personally, both teams come off a bye. I cannot wait to watch this game. Honestly, whichever team wins, I mean, they each of them are in the AFC. So it really doesn't matter to me. But I like the Colts. You guys know that. I like watching the Colts. So I think they're, they're, they're a better team than a lot of people give them credit for. And again, I talk about it every time. After that slow start that we definitely predicted, they got on a roll and they've won like six of their last eight. They're a really good football team. Uh, number eight, I have the Cowboys. Um, I, I think they have the talent to beat anybody, but their offense hasn't quite put it together. Dak looks a little bit weird the last few weeks. Uh, they lost in overtime to the Raiders. That's a weird one. Uh, and then they somehow let Washington kind of get back into the game this weekend. It was, it was kind of sketchy, but when you talk about Lawrence Gregory, 
Micah. That front seven is fantastic. And Trayvon Diggs, Jordan uh, Lewis, you know, those guys are really starting to take advantage of it too. And, again, I think Colin alluded to it um, probably like week five. This defense has had eight starters clocked at at least 18 miles per hour on the football field. It's got to be the fastest defense in the NFL. And Micah, I mean, what can you say about Micah Parsons? Uh, number seven, I have the Titans. Um, I have them higher. Th- I think I have this team higher than I want to, but it's just out of respect because they've beaten a lot of great teams. And I want to say without Derrick Henry, they're just going to lose, and then they don't. Now they did play the Jaguars, and I would have. They shut them out though. They shut out an NFL team. Man, what can anyone say about the Jaguars? That's just been ripped to the Jaguars. But moving on, keeping with the Titans, um, they're starting to get a little bit healthier. Uh, they come into to a red hot Steelers team this weekend, so watch out, Titans. Uh, yeah, but the Titans are going to be number seven. Um, number six, and being just quite honest with myself, the Cardinals have been high on the list. The Packers have been high. Bucks, they've all been high on the list at certain points. But no team has a runaway record now. All these teams are nine and four or ten and three. You cannot say one is definitively better. This is my list, and out of all six teams. I think the Cardinals will lose to any of the five above them. I'm putting the Cardinals at six. Um, I also have them falling on the uh, – I have them falling for two big reasons, too. One, DeAndre Hopkins gone for the rest of the regular season. And two, I think the luck is going to run out. I saw a bizarre statistic. Maybe you guys did, too. The Cardinals lead the NFL with 25 fumbles. They have the fewest fumbles lost in the NFL with three. That, that can't continue to happen. They're going to start having some misfortunes. And I really, for the first time, the Cardinals were in prime time, and we all got to see them this year. You know, I feel like they've just kind of been coasting. And what I saw was their quarterback is not a leader. He is extremely talented. But I hated the demeanor by Kyler Murray. I thought he would just, like, he's getting frustrated with linemen. He's just kind of doing his own thing. I just – Instead of railing the troops, that last series just rubbed me the wrong way. It was kind of like he was supposed to spike it, but he was tired of the linemen, the run. He just, it's everyone else's fault. I'm getting, I just didn't like what I saw out of Kyler, but he has all the talent in the world at quarterback, not ability. So I'm going to put him at six. Number five, the Rams, I mean, they're starting to put it together. They're starting to use that run game. OBJ has been a home run. He's replaced Robert Woods. This team is in a groove. And to lose Jalen Ramsey, forget all the other 97 guys they had on COVID, to lose Jalen Ramsey three hours before kickoff and hold the Cardinals to, I mean, a late touchdown got him to 23. I just, they played so well. Aaron Donald was coming alive. I think he's going to have a great finish to the season. Von Miller's starting to figure out where he fits in on this defense. Uh, very active hands. I just liked what I saw to the Rams defense. And maybe it's a one-hit wonder these teams could move. Maybe you're saying I punished the Cardinals by dropping them to six, but if you're one of the top six teams, these are the three best AFC and three best NFC teams. It's not like I'm saying you're sixth best in the NFL. That's great. Number four, I think, is the Chiefs. Um, the way their defense is playing, the way their offense has been playing, the way their special teams have been playing, they've just really been on a groove. It hasn't looked like the Chiefs of the last two or three years, but it's been equally as effective, and this team has fumbled around to nine and four. They had maybe the worst month in the Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes era, and it's resulted in them being nine and four. Like, this team's really good. 
They have explosive potential. And what they showed me with playing the Raiders is they're going to play good teams good, and they're going to beat bad teams really badly. They just have too many weapons. I mean, they scored 49 points, and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey didn't have a touchdown. That's that's crazy. I mean, they've got so many weapons. I think these are definitively your top three, though. Um, we differ a little bit. I got the Bucks at three. And honestly, these top three are very hard. I got the Bucks at three. And I don't have anything negative to say about them. I just like the two teams above them more than I like the Buccaneers. I think sometimes the Buccaneers do fall into a little bit of, I mean, I just think their roster is so good that sometimes it looks like the, the team kind of falls asleep a little bit and they're just like winging it. But like you said, in overtime, it's crunch time. We're going to score in three, three plays, you know, when it's the first half against the bills, we're geared up and we get up by 24 and then we just kind of like start nodding off. Oh crap. The bills are down by a field. So there is a quality of like Tampa's waiting till the games mean something. And maybe that's why I have them at number three. Um, number two, Packers killed the bears this weekend. I think the Packers destroyed the bears, but they scored way, allowed way too many points, but they still got back to Yari on the way back. They, their defense is getting healthy. They still got Jair Alexander. I just think, man, this team is one slip up against the Saints in week one from having literally no bad performances in being 11 and two. I just think the Packers are on a roll. And I do think they have the most unique home field advantage in the NFC left. That is a horse in the race for the one seed. I think it matters a little bit to them. They've got a tough finishing schedule, but Packers at two. Number one, they were on a bye week. Uh, the one spot opened up, so I bumped them up one, and it's the New England Patriots. Um, I think they have the best head coach in the league. I think they have the best defense in the league. They have the most consistent special teams, and they take care of the football. And I just think that when you do those four things, it is extremely hard to beat you. And they haven't lost in seven straight games. And they're coming off of a bye week to play Colts and the Bills again. I think they'll take care of the Bills. I think the Colts are a team that provides an interesting matchup simply because the Colts run the ball so well. They have the best offensive line in the league. So we're going to see what the Patriots are made of because I think um, they're going to have to commit more numbers to stop the run. And I think Carson Wentz, we'll see how it goes. But both teams coming off of a bye Saturday night. That is a really fun matchup. And um, – the Patriots beat them. Maybe the Colts find their way off my list for the first time in the last month. But if they win, ooh, look for the worst record to ever be in the top four on my top ten. No, but um, that's an extremely fun matchup. But maybe I'll think I'm trying to feed into Jeff with Patriots at number one. But they have the best win streak, best coach, best defense, best special teams, arguably, in the league. So, I mean, what's not to love about the Patriots? And two of their four losses at the gun to Tampa. That's number three on the list. You know, and they have an overtime loss to the Cowboys, who we've talked about. They've been at the one spot before on my list. So I don't even know who their other two losses are to. The Dolphins and the Saints. They the lost Dolphins four games in the first six. They were two and four. And uh, when, you look at the, when you look at the Dolphins and Saints, you say, well, what are they good at? Defense and defense. Mac Jones is a rookie, man. It's his first four, first month in the league, and he saw some uh, brutal defenses. Time out. Time out. What are the Dolphins good at? Defense. What are the Saints good at? Defense. What are the Bucks good at? Defense. What are the Cowboys good at? Defense. Right. That's what I'm saying. In the first month, in the first six weeks of his yeah. NFL career, he saw the Cowboys, Bucks, 
Dolphins and Saints defenses, and man, he went two and four. And then, I mean, we know what happened next. You know what happened next. But I mean, it doesn't get easier. You still got to play the Colts defense. Bills defense still held them to 14 points. I mean, let's not act like the Bills didn't play a good game. I mean, just their offense didn't play as good. But again, the Patriots play the good and great teams well, and they destroy the bad teams. And I guess they will brad the Dolphins. I get it. Dolphins were like one and six, and their only win was to the Patriots. But you guys all know how those divisional games can go. But now they rolled off a bunch in a row. Correct. The Dolphins look as good as anybody now. Yeah. So there's the NFL. We, I mean, you, you, you guys go through your Facebooks, your social media, and you listen to us. And I mean, what a year for the NFL. I mean, everything is still up for grabs. There is nothing known in the NFL. We don't know anything. So we're sitting here giving our top tens, but I mean, you could make a top 10 and we wouldn't have one number the same. I mean, it's just, it's incredible what's going on in the NFL. And if you're a mediocre team, the door's still open. If you're a great team, you got people nipping on your heels. I mean, there's just so many things that go into it. And God, you got to love the NFL. It's been so much fun this year. So let's shift to this. Uh, Thursday night football this week. We got the uh, Kansas City Chiefs traveling to L.A. to play the Chargers. Chargers beat them, I believe, in week two or three. Um, Chargers hold, hold that that uh, that lead over them as far as the tiebreaker goes, and they're trying to extend that here. Um, I had the Chargers at seven. I had Kansas City at five. Where did you have the Chargers? Ten? I had them at ten, yeah. And you had the Ch- Chiefs where? Chiefs at four. So he's got a four versus ten. I have a seven versus five. Obviously, this is a top 10 matchup, guys. I think everybody would put these two teams in their top 10. Um, this is massive. We, uh, we've we made a point to start talking Thursday night football. Is this a game where we start to see maybe the Chiefs aren't the leaders in this division? Is this a game where we start to talk, okay, obviously Patrick Mahomes is good, but Justin Herbert might be better? Or is this a game where the Chiefs are like, enough of this shit? putting the lockdown where do you see this game going what are your predictions for thursday night um thursday night um me personally just looking a little bit ahead i think the chargers win out the rest of the year and win the division wow um the reason okay. why is they're at home against the chiefs i really think that justin herbert poses a problem the chiefs really haven't seen in the last few weeks uh they played the raiders Broncos, uh, the the COVID in the COVID and injured Cowboys, Raiders again, Packers without Aaron Rodgers, Giants, Tannehill, Heineke. I mean, the last quarterback they played was October 10th and Josh Allen, and they got beat 38-20. So there could be a ruse about this defense because they haven't really faced a quarterback. Justin Herbert doesn't miss the easy stuff. And he hits a lot of the big home runs. He can score the three-play drives just like Mahomes and the Chiefs try to. And I think the Chargers' defense is coming into their own. The reason why is I think the Char- Chargers went out is they if they beat the Chiefs at home, they are at the Texans, home against the Broncos, at the Raiders. I think the Chargers win all three of those games. If they win and have a 2-0 and lead over the Chargers, and then win two more divisional games to win it in our four. And I mean, what are their other divisional games? Did they even win them? Yeah, they beat the Raiders already. They beat the the Chiefs already. 
And uh, have they played the Broncos already? Broncos beat them. So if they went out, they would be five and one in division, and they would be, oh, that'd be twelve and five. Yeah, that's. I think yeah. the Chargers went out because I think they beat the Chiefs on Thursday. I know you're like, well, Brad, how are they at ten and the Chiefs four? If that's what you think. Well, this is what I've seen. This is the power ranking. The Chiefs are on a massive win streak right now, and I'm gonna put them up there. But I think they've gotten some. Like I said, you tell me the last quarterback they or any quarterback they've played. Let's start with uh, week two. You know, they beat Baker closely. Then they find Lamar Jackson, lose. They find Justin Herbert, lose. They beat Jalen Hurts. Then they find Josh Allen, lose. They beat Heineke. Then they lose to Tannehill and the Titans who just ran all over him. We know what Derrick Henry means. Then mm-hmm. it was Daniel Jones, Jordan Love. Derek Carr, but the Raiders are falling apart. Cowboys were missing both receivers, this, that, and the other thing. They beat them, but still, they only scored 19. Then it was Teddy Bridgewater and the Raiders again. I mean, they got Justin Herbert, Big Ben, Joe Burrow as their next three games for the Chiefs, Chargers, Steelers, and Bengals. So I'm interested to see if the Chiefs defense holds up. If it does, that's great. But if the Chargers come in and drop 30-plus on them, we're going to know that they just got a break on quarterbacks, and that's why their defensive statistics are so high. I like the Chargers a lot. I think, like you said in your rankings, they're coming into the team where we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year. And Justin Herbert, you just – you asked me. It might have been on the live show. might have been on the podcast. You said, would you rather have Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert? I said, no disrespect, Justin Herbert. When you watch him play, Justin Herbert is so good. I don't regret any time we've ever put him on a top five list of our quarterbacks in the NFL or ranked him higher where people want to say he hasn't done anything yet, this, that, and the other. He literally, he sprints in a straight line and glides past linebackers. He he moves. He's about to take a hit while getting slapped, throws a 67-yard dime over a safety in a corner into the end zone. He throws the quick slant well, the deep out. There's no spot within 50 yards from sideline to sideline he can't zip the ball to. And he's so smart, and he's such – I just love Justin Herbert. And I'd love to see, you know, Patrick Mahomes was short-lived. I'd love to see, you know, Justin Herbert control this division for a while more than I would Patrick Mahomes. That's beside the fact, though. Sticking to the game, I know I rambled a little bit. Give me the Chargers tomorrow night. I don't like to be the person. I Again, I try to stay on one side of the fence, and I try not to be that guy that's like, well, this win doesn't count because it's, it's ugly, or this one doesn't count because it's against a bad team. Because all year, especially when I talk Michigan, I'm like, ugly wins are good wins, you know? Um not to take anything away from the Chiefs, but they are two and four against the AFC if you don't include the Raiders. For whatever reason, they have annihilated the Raiders twice. Every other team they've played has been close or it's a loss. For whatever reason, they have literally destroyed the Raiders. Take those games out of their of their schedule, okay? Just take them out like they've never happened. They're a seven and four ball club, and they're two and four against the AFC. I just haven't seen anything that I'm in love with. A lot of teams have beaten down the Raiders. The Raiders have struggled to score against a lot of teams this year. For whatever reason, they were able to move the ball on the Cowboys, and I think there was some fake love there. The Chargers, on the other hand, 
they have been able to score pretty much all the time, except for like a weird three game stretch where they were at, you know, after like their three or four game um, start to the season, they kind of slumped for a minute. And it, it was like, oh, wait, well, second year quarterback, maybe they're just not as good as we thought. And then they just like shot right back out of a cannon. Um, this team's won two in a row. The Chargers are five and three against the conference. And if you take out the Raiders game, then they're four and three. I mean, it's still a better, better record. I just think that this team is they're poised to be they're poised to be better. I just don't think they've hit their ceiling. I think the Chiefs have hit a ceiling of some sort. And Justin Herbert just became the first quarterback in NFL history to throw 30 touchdowns in his first two seasons. Not even Patrick Mahomes did that. Patrick Mahomes threw 50, but then went to 26. So Herbert throwing 30 and and 30, I mean the dude is just He's just skyrocketing. He's so good, and he has a cannon, and I don't think the Chiefs have a corner that can really contain, especially if there's no COVID issues going in tomorrow night, which I believe everybody's supposed to be good to go. But if Keenan Allen and Mike Williams both play, they don't have an answer. It was very it was very apparent in the first game. Do you have the, the score in front of you by chance? Yeah, um, it was 30-24. to 24. Okay, so it was a close game. And uh, they, they, they contained Eckler a little bit. But again, in the running game, but in the passing game, Keenan Allen, eight catches, 50 yards, touchdown. Austin Eckler, six catches, 52 yards, touchdown. Mike Williams, 722 and two touchdowns. 722. Seven catches for 102 oh. yards. And two <laughs> 700. No, seven, yeah, that's seven, it. They, they don't have an answer for that, and I don't believe in the time that we they haven't played that they've that they've come to terms with that. And again, you can say what you want about this Chiefs team over the last several weeks; they haven't beat anybody to talk about. Literally, there's no credible win. Their best win against the Packers with no Aaron Rodgers, against the Cowboys with no wide receivers. It's just like. There's a lot of stipulations to their wins, and I, I hate to be that guy. I'm, I'm trying to like nitpick the shit out of them, but it's like that's where it's come to. I nitpicked, I nitpicked the Bills, and look, I, I was pretty right about them. They've kind of whoop. I've nitpicked the Colts, and after this weekend, I think I'll be more right than wrong about them. They haven't been able to beat these good teams. A lot of these teams are just kind of flirting with middle of the pack road wins and or games that middle of the pack wins. I just I don't know. I don't love them. I don't love them. I think the Chiefs, uh, I think they fall flat on their face. I think the Chargers win at home. Could be a close game. I'm not saying the Chiefs are trash by any means. I literally had them at number five. I think the Chargers are better. I do too. Now, I will say this. The Chargers can't score on that Chiefs defense. They're in trouble. I mean, obviously scoring is the way you win a game, but if they can't move the ball at all, they, they got to at least score... <sighs> The Chiefs' defense is better than the Chargers. They got to at least score 24. If they can't get to 24, the Chiefs are going to win the game. And I just, we'll see how much has changed, but the Chargers' offensive line is really gelling. They have a fantastic yeah. offensive line. I mean, Justin Herbert had four touchdowns, no picks, 26 for 38. Like, he just kind of picked apart the Chiefs last time they played them. Again, we've talked about how they're a different defense, and I've been one to, to, to push that narrative. But after taking a deeper dive here today, looking at two teams that really matter on a Thursday night here, I mean, they've really gotten a break in the amount of quarterbacks that they've had to play and good teams in general. 
Yeah, and speaking of the offensive line, Rashard Slater is actually out Thursday night. That's a big time oh. miss. Melvin Ingram coming back for a uh, a return game too. Be a little yeah. fun fun thing to keep an eye on. Yeah, I just haven't seen anything that's going to change my mind. I think the Chargers. Uh, I think they beat the Chiefs. Um. Okay. Talked a little bit of uh, Bill Belichick. We talked some power rankings. We talked Thursday night. I think you guys are probably all wondering if we're going to talk Saturday night football, right? Well, we're not going to. Not today, at least. Right, right, we right, will, right. We will be talking Saturday games live. Spotify Green Room, Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Um, up and at them on a Saturday morning, on a Saturday afternoon, ready for the football weekend. That'll be where we talk Saturday and Sunday. We'll do it all in one shot. Um, give you guys your Sunday morning off. Hope you guys dig that. Uh, obviously, this time of year... Football games being flexed to Saturdays. Maybe we'll do more of this, depending if you guys like it or not. But we are going to go Saturday at 10 a.m. We had a huge crowd last week on Sunday. Um, definitely our biggest ever. Um, yeah, I'm digging it. Brad, what do you think? Yeah, dude, this should be really fun. I can't wait. Yeah. All right. Well, um, that pretty much wraps it up. That pretty much wraps it up. I, I can't even believe we are at... Uh, Week 15. <laughs> yeah. That's where we're at. We've reached, awesome. It is, but it's sad at the same time. It's like that weird, oh, my gosh, the yeah. season's almost over. Yeah, but you got football all the way through. And, you know, NBA will fizzle out for a little bit, you know, afterwards. And Premier League and soccer are still going strong right into the summer. We'll get more football, more hockey. We'll get it all. But that's what makes the NFL so special. It's not all the time. So you get this first of five months where it's just bliss yeah all right well that uh that'll be a wrap for today i think the uh let us know what you guys think um hopefully you guys join us saturday morning when we go live uh we'll be putting that on the facebook post um probably a little bit later today or tomorrow and uh let us know what you guys think about our power rankings the pod what we can do better we dig it hope you guys do too yeah, we sure. out. Later. Later. Real talk.